The Dode Fox Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Dode Fox Podcast. I'm Paul. He's Ronnie, and it might have been wetter than an otter's pocket on Saturday, but it was all worth it when celebrating a United goal. I might not be cracking open any tinnies today, but results helped us, and we're still tap. Join the conversation on our socials. We're at Dode Fox Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Coming up on this week's episode, Manager of the Month, United for 100, Wraith Review, The Good, Bad and Ugly, Peterhead Preview, Loan Report, The Academy, The Women's Team, our A to Z of Dundee United, and the walking footballers, our champions. Plus we've got on this day with the Arab Archive. It's all coming up on episode 211 of the Dode Fox Podcast. Hi, I'm Billy Thompson and you're listening to the Dode Fox Podcast. So welcome back to the award-winning Dude Fox podcast with the two can Dan Paul McNichol and the Japanese flag Ronnie Costello. The less say about the second part, the better. Uh, but you did spark a tinny up during the uh, the game last week, and a few tinnies as the day went on. But we didn't quite need them yesterday. But it was all good. We need were waterproofs yesterday, Rondo. <laughs> uh, it was it was incredibly bad weather, but. Uh, yeah, the game was never in doubt because uh, that's the joys of artificial surfaces in the rain, I suppose. <laughs> They're usually on. It's only the snow or ice that gubs them. Uh, but uh, we've we, we got our, our usual Saturday fix of football. Aye. Uh, before we start, I've got to say happy birthday to James Duncan. He listens to this nonsense every week. He's a United fan all his life and he was 56 on Thursday. Happy belated birthday to James. Indeed. Jim Goodwin then, manager of the month for September. Mm-hmm. Yep, and then obviously people rush to the bookies to put a wraith on their coupons, because that's usually what happens, I think. You get some award like that, and then you, your team gets pumped the next game. But uh, it was, I mean, it's probably merited, but we're top of the league. Hopefully he's, not that he seems that fussed about the awards, but hopefully he gets a few of these, because that means that we're then, we're where we should be in the league this season. Uh but I suppose it's a nice it's a nice achievement. You'd rather that he won it than he didn't. Indeed. Uh secure top spot, of course. Victories over uh, Inverness, uh, Queen's Park, Airdrie, and of course the draw with Morton. And he was, like I say, right to say it was a team effort. Um and when you actually look at what's involved in the team, it's not just himself, Lee Sharp and Dave Bowman, but as a picture of the website I've put up, you know, there is a few there. But it's important to obviously acknowledge that it is the just him. Yeah, yeah, and I think he, I think he goes out his way most times to acknowledge that. Like he doesn't really seek the plaudits himself. He always tends to give praise to others, even like when when we hear a decent performance, uh, he'll he'll put it down to the players rather than himself. So that does seem to be the sort of guy that he is. Uh, but as I say, like if he's winning the awards, then the team are winning games, so it's all good. Mm. Uh, also announced this week is that the United for a hundred years exhibition is going to open. On Monday, it's going to be in the Courier Buildings, um, which is down in Albert Square. Uh, know that in, uh, and it's uh, looking like one of these things that there's been a lot of talk over years of for everything that's been in the club. Like I always used to when I used to walk in that door. I mean, I don't go in that uh, entrance anymore. But when we used to go in the match thing, you'd go up and although the stuff I'd seen it a million times, it was quite cool to see. Yeah. And then now, sometimes when I was leaving the ground, walking down the stairs, and you would go for a, the Toy the gents was on that level, and mm-hmm. you just sort of see it's someone would just catch your eye you maybe never seen yeah. before. So quite interesting to see all that stuff sort of going back on display for a little yeah, while. I mean, it's it's our it's our team, isn't it? It's it's always good to to look at what 
what has happened the last hundred so years. Uh, personally, I'm raging that it's only Monday to Thursday, and I'm not even anywhere near Dundee for Monday to Thursday this week. So they've they've absolutely done me up like the kipper here, and I'm, I'm going to miss it. But uh, it, it would be good to go and see. So I would recommend anybody that can to get your ass doing there. Mm, details are on the website if you are interested at all. DundeeUnitedFC.co.uk uh, uh, opens Monday through to Thursday doing the tune. There's a first team meet and greet on Tuesday from 3 o'clock and there's a Champions 83 book signing on the Wednesday from half past one. So then, uh, let's have a wee look at what's been happening uh, this week just before we touch on to the game. Uh, thank you very much to everyone, like you say, that does drop by and give us voicemails. Last week was an absolute horrendous one. Technology at its best, couldn't get anything on, um, which is typical when you're actually kind of thinking about it. Uh, but it did sort itself out and uh, Scott got in touch for across the pond. All right, lads. Scotty T here. Big fan of the show. I've just moved to America, so I'll be sitting down at 10am watching the game on Saturday. Hopefully, my day's no ruined by lunchtime. I'm going to try and teach the Yanks three things when I'm here. Fuck the D, shed rule, and always wash your arsehole. Yes. Fobby's hands. Go wash your hands. Well, I mean, that goes without saying. Like, you, you, <laughs> well, must, just... you must have soap on your hands to wash said arsehole. Well, it uh, is. But he also, there should be four things he needs to teach them. Uh, not to call it soccer. That, that should be your fourth task mm -hmm. there, Scott. But I like the first three. They're decent. Important things to live by when you're in a different country and uh, preaching the word of <clears throat> El Tangerines. The rumour mill this week has only got one thing that mm. I caught, and I actually only caught it on Twitter, I think, when I was doing a bit of scrolling, is that apparently Lewis O'Donnell has been watched by Watford. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who knows? Who knows? I mean, he's a good player. He's a, he's a, he's a good prospect, I suppose. Mm. Is it a case of there was somebody that loosely works for Watford that was spotted at a Kelty game? Had a trackie on. Had a trackie on, maybe an old scarf, and... Uh, and somebody's put two and two together who knows who knows but uh, it would be very United like for somebody of that age to be very good maybe get brought back in January or next season play about three games and then get offloaded to some ambitious English club uh, for silly money or whatever but uh, if that if it is true then it means that he's he's playing well so that's all we can hope for something we've certainly held before mm -hmm. yeah well, far too often so how many people did you fit in your canoe for uh, Kirkcaldy yesterday? <laughs> it was a three-person canoe yesterday, yeah. Uh, there was a few a few dodgy bits on the road, I'm sure that you would have experienced that. Mm -hmm. Who who took the car for you? Me. And did it? does it turn into a submarine at any point? It does. Press it does. Oh, so you were all right then? Aquaplaned uh, around, yeah. You, you get took you the long way around. Is that right? Yeah, uh, because I half expect to see you at Kinross because that's the way you go. No, no, no. No, I took the long way around purely because uh, our mate Mackers, who wasn't at the game mm -hmm. yesterday, but was very close to the game, from the picture he sent me, I believe he might have been at Kirkcaldy Golf Club okay. at a wedding. Nail up. Nail up at but then obviously the photos from the wedding got uploaded, and there you go. Okay. What is he doing? 
He's uh, he's no scran in that that wee role. He is clearly watching the game. Yeah, good on him. And got in trouble when he cheered. Well, <laughs> that's the way it goes. That's devotion for you. So he had said that on the way through it was chaos. Mm. Uh, a lot of sort of 40 miles, loads of puddles and stuff. And uh, 40 mile an hour was 40 mile. And then for some, I just thought, you know what? If we leave early enough, we'll go around the long way. Might be okay, and it was. It was fine, and then we went back the normal sort of road. But it, it was okay. It was. Yeah. It was a bit. It wasn't too chaotic given a coming that way, but Ach, coming yeah. back some of the it was some of the right. puddles on the roads. I know. I, I, I was, it was little, just the same puddles as going. It I, was. It was fine. I was a little bit surprised, given that there were games going off. Obviously, the Atlantis was off as, again, but even though you've said you know it's a plastic pitch and stuff like that, but just given like. The weather conditions the, the that were going to happen, you know, police Scotland are saying only travel if it's like necessary, and then still over six thousand people turn up, albeit half of them uh, probably travelled for a half or maybe the home fans. But I was amazed in that as well. I'm glad the game did go ahead, but at the same time, I, I thought it was at times you're like you're just going, this is mental. Oh, it's, you know? it's been far worse and, and the trains and everything like that yeah that, that doesn't help but Christ almighty the, the trains are extremely unreliable these days mm. no matter what the weather's like uh, but I, I mean it's been worse hasn't it let's be honest like as a society we've become softer and softer over the years so I didn't think there was any possibility of the game getting called off mm. uh, I did find find it a wee bit of humorous when the, the wee team up the road or sorry the big team in the city these days when their game was called off and on social media, they, they posted an old picture. How they didn't post a current picture, mm. I wonder. Probably because the pitch looked worse. And uh, they kind of blamed it on, well, you didn't want fans travelling. Mate, what you didn't want? The, the 12 guys for Dingwall coming down the road. Are you kidding me? Your pitch is flooded again, isn't it, lads? Come on now. Come on now. Call a spade a spade. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And obviously, it's been battered for a couple mm. of days. And yeah. Um, it was always going to look like that. It was just, you're always, especially that road through fight, and that's probably how I took the, the longer way around, but it was fine there in plenty of time, myself and whatever, and you just remind yourself of what a bad average stadium that is. Stands all right, but it stands fair. Right, But either side's it's such a strange, strange place. The big thing was going to be, would Louis Moult be fit? Mm, yeah, and I, having listened to Jim Goodwin's uh press conference on Thursday or Friday or whenever it is that he does it and he was the, the, the way he was he was saying well we've got a decision to make I thought well he'll not be playing that like, and, I, and I wouldn't I said it last week if there's any sort of doubt dinner risk him uh, but they must have been more than comfortable with what the medical guys were saying to them for to even contemplate putting him on the bench and then ultimately he, he had to come on for a while mm-hmm. that was a bonus and it was a bit of a boost to see him back in the squad but it was an unchanged eleven. <laughs> Yeah, not a surprise. Not a surprise given that we had won fairly fairly comfortably the week before. Uh, big fan of just sticking with whatever works and it worked uh, seven days earlier. Yeah, not ch- not changing for the sake of it type thing. Mm-hmm. And obviously the uh, on the bench was obviously Matthew Kujo was due to come back in, but he's got a dead leg and mm. actually Mikasin's got a twisted knee. Well, that's uh, not good. So he missed out for them. Both of might still be missing for this weekend, but we'll get to that. But still, when you looked at the bench, you Tilson and that came back in as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not a surprise that I, I can't remember. Tilson I, and Moult is what I was Yeah, it was, I, I can't remember who dropped out because I know it was Keir Bertie was one of them. And, and, I, and I just assumed that Keir Bertie would probably drop out for a Cujo. I didn't think Cujo would come back straight in at the starting lineup. I was surprised 
uh, before the game that he wasn't in the squad, <laughs> and I just assumed that there was there was something going on injury wise with him. Uh, but yeah, I come I completely forgot about Tilson, but we'll we'll get to him yeah. later on. Both uh, so both teams naming uh, unchanged lineups going on to it. Both at uh, one it was going in. It was first v second. There was a point in it. It was going to be quite interesting. There was only the one game uh, called off. Our both against Dunfermline. Uh, the rest of them were going ahead. And kind of all eyes were going to be on Kirkcaldy yesterday. Mm-hmm. And it was sh- sure when all that pressure comes on, you think, oh, it's going to be shite today. <laughs> no, I was I was fairly confident. I was looking forward to it. Uh, Kebab pie on the menu. Of course, you are. of course, of course. Uh, I th- a relatively big crowd, you mm-hmm. know, like a, a massive travelling support, uh, which once again is incredible. Uh, I, I, we say it so often about United's travelling support, and I know that it was only 30 miles away or whatever, but like it was fairly shitey conditions to be travelling in, but still 3,000 plus of us made the journey. Uh, and I was I was genuinely looking forward to it. I thought that... I thought they'd be up for it. Of course, they would be up for it because we're the we're the big fish in this pond of fish this season, I suppose. And I thought that United would be up for it as well because it was a big game. And when I was speaking about this game through the week, I was saying, "No, oh, we'll be up for it." And people were saying, "Ah, but you said that last season." And I was like, "No, you are absolutely spot on." Like, even if you just take it to the the last five games of the league season last year, I was convinced it would be up for it because you had to be up for it, but. But we, we just, we weren't, uh, for whatever reason. But uh, I, I thought that we would be up for it yesterday. And, well, I wouldn't say I was like completely wrong, but I felt like we could have been more up for it for, for the get-go. Uh, it was a bit of a slow start for us. A little bit, a little bit, but we still had plenty of the ball. Um, they were awfully quick on the counter-attack, which was evident very early on. Yeah, but I, I don't think... I think that the way that we started the game, we didn't help ourselves. We were slow, ponderous. More often than not, passes went backwards rather than forwards. And when you're, and there was a few mistakes crept in as well. Grimshaw, as good as he was last week, and I thought that was his best game for us. I thought he was really poor yesterday. Whether that's just a, I mean, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. We'll just say it was a, a bad game. But whether or not it was the surface, the weather, the decision making, I'm not sure. Uh, but he, but he was he was poor yesterday. He got caught out quite a lot, uh, and I and I feel because of the way we started, because we were so slow and the lack of movement and whatever, it just gave them encouragement. It just gave them encouragement. That their crowd got behind them a little bit, and uh, they looked no bad coming forward. But we said last week, like they have assembled a team that that is on paper, it looks very good for this level, good to very good for this level. So. Uh, it wasn't a surprise, and that's how I thought we should have been starting, like we had our asses on fire, and just get touring about them. Mm-hmm. We certainly had a lot of the the ball going on. We had a couple of chances as well. I mean, Sam Stanton was the first. Obviously, if your dad was there yesterday, or he's poster up, he'd have been screaming his name as it happened. It was an easy save for Jack Walton, but then after that, you've got uh, Ross Dorty just over the bar. Um, Tony Watt, I think, had a say. I think Boy Dabrowski scored, and that was all before they scored. Mm-hmm. Their goal, yeah, you know. So there was in the conditions it was going. I was quite surprised at what was getting dished up because it was better than I thought overall. Mm-hmm. But like you say, I thought we were just a little bit. And again, this is and I hate saying and I hate, I hate sounding like a broken record when you go the surface, surface, surface. But when you train on it every day, mm-hmm. right, you get to know the surface, and you could see it yesterday. Just that odd 
bit of, I mean, there might be, the, there was the odd time we'd zip a ball in, but because it would, it would zip across the surface, it was like, it was like a shot. Mm. You know, Baz was turning a shot. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, that that possibly would have happened on a grass pitch yesterday. It either would have been that or the ball would have held up. Yeah. Yeah, it would it wouldn't have been like your normal. So that was grass. We were in the house yesterday. <laughs> probably, yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, like the surface doesn't help. I saw somebody comment after the game, like, "How many times have you ever seen a good game on on an artificial pitch?" Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, well, like Kansas City Chiefs, New York Jets last Monday was a pretty good game, albeit a completely different sport. But the boy, he, he did have a good point. Like, it is it is it is rare. Like, I kind of think maybe maybe because. My experience of artificial surfaces is mainly watching United on them, and we didn't seem to ever play great on them. But uh, yeah, the, the weather, regardless of what surface it was yesterday, the weather was always going to play a factor, and it, and it did. Like there's no doubt about it. But that doesn't take away from the fact that first half we were miles off it. I thought. What about the goal? Yeah, well, we were on Given the, it we thirty were on the seconds before it. <laughs> yeah, we were on the attack and. I think that's maybe, like, you could be really critical about it. Or you could think, well, we were on the attack and we attacked in numbers because, like, we were pushing Grimshaw, we were pushing McMahon up, and we basically, we essentially got caught out. We got caught out doing the left-hand side, probably the only time at, oh, the hell, game yesterday when we got caught out on the left-hand side. The boy puts in a good cross, but it's it's dreadful defending. As soon as the cross has come in and you see it, when I saw it live I thought how the hell is he getting a free header he gets the chance to have a 1-2 with the bat off the post and he could still comfortably tuck it home yeah. and I've watched it back and I think Grimshaw's got to do better like Ga- Gallagher he's been caught as well because he runs to the man in front of him and I, I, I can't remember who it was but Holt kind of had him covered Grimshaw does nothing Grimshaw must see that there's nothing behind him and there's only uh, the guy Vaughn who is a very good player uh, there's only Vaughn in front of him and t- for the boy to get a free header and then the tapping as, as like w- we've praised the defence and they have been excellent for us this season but that was dreadful yeah I, I think Grimshaw's got to see the man's got to go to the man got given to. that Gallagher's went to the man and you're right Holt's probably got to be the, he is behind Holt correct so yeah. Yeah. the time the bar yeah. moves and I could see how and at the time I didn't realise he was so far on his own Acres. But the the lack of reaction when it hits the post. But there's, I've watched it back. There's no reaction. There's none. Jack Walton reacts twice. Yeah, but that's <laughs> it. it. It was just a terrible goal to lose. Uh, and then they pricks obviously celebrate in front of you, I think, in their archie. Mm-hmm. Because it's a massive game for them, biggest mm-hmm. game of their careers, whatever. Get yeah. on with it. Yeah. And even like you're saying, I think, like on the lead up to it as well, we'd. We'd, had a, we'd certainly had a chance. I'm sure, I want to say the boy Dabrowski had that save and then we got caught in the next attack, mm. what you're saying. So, yeah, when you get caught in it, I think it's the way sort of they play. But again, you know, if we've we've no committed up the party, done it own. And there was a lot of times yesterday that, yeah, people were sort of moaning, can get the bar forward, get the bar forward. And I was really high up the stand so you could see a lot of the park and you're like, there's nobody to play at that. First half, there was no movement around them. You know, no, you're, no, you're right. Like, so, and I was one of them. I was any of them bitching about the passes always going or always seeming to go backwards. But at the same time, that's because there was nothing on. Like the only other option was just to punt it long or punt a diagonal or a hit and hope, basically, because there was so little movement. First half was was really, really poor. They were miles off at first half. 
yeah. in, in my opinion. And I can't like, because if you're miles off, you don't have as many chances. And we are chances. We, we, we are chances. Like, what's our chance? Dottery's had a chance. Mm-hmm, They've had two right doing Walton's throat. Nothing's happened. Yeah, granted. You know? It's like... I just felt at the time we were we were. I think the, the really poor first half. The sort of lack of the the movement was was frustrating. But that's what I'm saying. People are saying, I get it forward. And I'm thinking there's no there's nobody to move. Mm. Nobody's moving for it. There's yeah. no any spaces open for it. And again, we said it a couple of times now that when we keep the ball, we knock the ball about. It is obviously about drawing opposition and mm-hmm. quite comfy. Well, at the end of the day, if you've got the ball, they kind of score. Mm-hmm. Get that, you know. Although it was it was disappointing to be behind, I certainly didn't think there was much between the teams, no. and I thought that they were. No, I'm not saying that was their best, but I would say they were probably in a very good run in that game, and we weren't. But I didn't see miles between the teams. No, at no, that I point, mean, if that makes sense. No, well, neither did I. But I just thought, like, even at half time, like I thought, that if if, if somebody had said sum that up in one run, I would have said push. Like I just, it wasn't for me. It wasn't a good first half performance at all. It was too many boys. No at it. I will concede that we still created chances, but we just we weren't. A, I just didn't think we were very good at all. But I didn't think. I still didn't think we would lose. Mm. I thought there would be like an an uplifting performance in the second half. I thought uh, maybe I'm maybe I'm being biased towards myself, but I'm thinking Goodwin must see what I've seen here. He's going to get tore into them at half time and tell them this is not this is miles away from being good enough. Uh, and who knows what was said at half time? But the second half, there was an uplifting performance. Like we definitely played better going forward, and in the main, played a wee bit better at the back in the second half as well. Were you surprised there was no changes at half time, or would uh, that have been really harsh? No, I wasn't surprised. Like I'm not sure. I'm not sure who you who you would have took off. I mean, you could argue Grimshaw, but then was Sheep on the bench yesterday? Was he? Well, I mean, that would be the the only thing. But I think it would be harsh on Grimshaw as as poor as I think he may have been yesterday. Like he hasn't been that was that's out of the norm. I think I don't think he's been that poor in any other games. I think he's been steady Eddie. You know, he's he's been and yet and last week he was very good. I thought uh, so. It was like benefit of the doubt. I probably wouldn't have made any changes myself. Mm-hmm. I was wanting Murphy, the man on the screen there, Declan Glass. I was wanting him to get on the bar mare, but again, like it's, it's just one of the games that we, we we just didn't get going in the first half. I don't think. Yeah, and second half, the second half, like we come out and and it felt like we were on it. We were on it. We were the team creating more chances. I thought looking looking the more dangerous. Uh, and for the get go, I think there was a uh, I think it was Declan Glass that actually plays a bar through a. Kai Fotheringham just right after the, the the start of the second half and just for that I just thought like we're going to be the better team in this in this half yeah it was under coming to Kai's feet or something didn't it he couldn't quite get out his uh, feet the or defender just got a tee on it uh, like, I don't know was the wind blowing into us was it was it a case of I'm not sure I was that the, far back you, you were kind of a wee bit away for the ailments which was yeah. pretty, we were away for the ailments so it was pretty good in that I'm sense just, I'm just wondering how much of the weather actually played because they had the better of the first half and we had the better of the, the second half uh, so I'll, yeah who, who knows but no, we definitely played better second half we, we were mere on the front foot uh, we, we were still 
there was still an issue on the right hand side like Grimshaw as I say and I'm not, I don't want to keep picking on him because he has been good for us but he wasn't good yesterday uh, any any sort of threat seemed to be coming down their left hand side with that arsehole of a boy uh, Easton uh, but, but yeah second half I thought we weren't great but I thought we were a lot better yeah and it didn't take long for Lee Moak to appear no no it didn't Uh and it was one of them, like, he's warming up and I think I think we had a chance and Kai's maybe made an arse or something and then you just saw Goodwin and I thought, right, well, that's... Kai's clearly getting the shepherd's crook here. Me or you? He was subbied off. Molt, come on. And uh, ah, Molt caused him a lot of trouble, I thought. thought he caused him a lot of bother, mm. as did Tony Watt uh, when that when that change was made because he as obviously as went out Midland. wide. As did Midland, yeah. I, th- I thought Midland was quite good yesterday. Like... <laughs> If, we'll get to man of the match in the end but if you were a picket for the first half you wouldn't get anybody in my opinion uh, but second half yeah I, I thought that that change definitely helped us yeah. definitely helped us yeah no I thought I thought um, Watt and Madeline were, were good yesterday and that's given the role that you know how Watt started and it was going to be tough and I think we said that last week you know because he's a different type of player mm. but you've seen a, again you've probably seen a bit more of a him and Middle, they might have been at that point thinking I could be subbed here like yeah. they are could have been thinking that and they went yeah. on and there was obviously that shift because Walt goes to the left further, and Middleton goes for the left over to the right and I thought the, the two of them were really good yeah, you know because I thought there's there's a point in the, the highlights when I watch the back it's doing in the corner when what actually slips but somehow keeps the bar goes between the yes. two of them you're thinking that's what I want to see Mera. yeah yeah created a chance uh, they definitely impacted the game in a positive way uh, in the second half, I don't think you can. I don't think you could watch it and say they didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, like we we talked last week or weeks before, people have biases and <laughs> usually me against Tony Watt, but people have Correct. biases and think that they expect more. They want mm-hmm. more for these guys. But yesterday, second half certainly, I think that they they did have good games. Yeah, and we had a chance as well. The the goal machine Kevin Holt for a corner, but just didn't yes, get it right. Yeah, he's always a threat, isn't he? Like he's. He's probably been our best signer. He's he's been solid. pound for pound. It's probably yeah, like because he was free transfer. <laughs> no, but he's been solid at the back, and he's always a threat for for set pieces and corners. Uh, he'll probably be disappointed in in yesterday because if it wasn't a free header, it was a hell of a a hell of a good chance he had when when it landed to his head, uh, and he plays it past the post or over the bar or something. I kind of I kind of quite remember, but. Yeah, he's he's always going to be a threat. Yeah. And a booking for good one. <laughs> I, I think this is a nonsense for booking managers. Honestly, I don't get it. What what does it achieve? Yeah, because I was having a, I was having a bit of a rant yesterday at the referee, and it was after Doherty got shoved. Uh huh. Like, so, it's one of them where he gets in front of the ball, he gets the ball in there, and he kind of stops, so the boy's got to bar jump. Now, I, I, there's a bit of me that thinks it's it's cheating. It's, but I suppose technically the boy has barged him, mm-hmm. albeit he's made the boy barging him. But the ref just waved away and gave nothing, and that's when he Goodwin lost his shit yeah. because they then went on the attack for that. Yeah. So there was there was two two instances when boys got booked, right? And then somebody was ten out on the centre on the halfway line that was worse than they'd been booked, and it was like, nah, it's all right. Yeah. And that was really getting to be. Yeah. And it went on and on. And on, and the amount of times, two or three times, he says to the keeper, "Hurry up!" Hmm. And 
Just book him. You'll yeah. hurry up if you book him, eh? Yeah. Well, Kai got booked in the first half for something so innocuous yeah. that I forget what it was on that prick Easton. Yeah. But I forget what it was. It was a nothing. Is that when the boy spun round like he'd been battered and then was Probably. jumped up two he'd, seconds he'd later? He'd done that a few times. Yeah. He's a shite the bit. Uh, yeah, so Kai got booked. So that was in my mind. And then anything after it that I thought was worse. There was one in, it was the first half again. It was Burn. He wipes out Tony Watt. Yeah. Wipes him out. That's it. Then yeah, he gets spoke to. Then he gets spoke to. Yeah, because what's he's doing? Is that that in? Yeah. yeah. I thought the ref was terrible for both teams yesterday. Well, he was. Premier League for, referee? For both teams. Premiership referee? There was one in the second half where uh, Doherty actually grabs the boy Easton, who is a prick and a shite the bed. Oh. And he, it was pretty odd. Yeah, it was, and I was like, that's, that's clear unbelievable. Clear as day. Um, oh, it was just, he was, day. He was terrible for both teams. So, the, and this is the thing, right? So, you look at the players that were booked. There was actually a mere booked than I, I thought, but I think a couple of them were later on, right? But at the point when Jim Goodwin was booked, I think three players have been booked, or two players have been booked in him, and you're thinking, they've all got yellow cards. Yeah. Yet, there's instances I've watched that are worse. Yeah. That because Goodwin's probably dealt the boy a fucking mm-hmm. heavy look at himself, mm-hmm. or book himself an optician, or I want fuck yourself, or something, whatever he said, but he's been booked, right? And then they two are going, then you've got that. That's a, bl- I mean, that's a blatant booking for Ross Dockery, right? I don't care. It's clear as day. Yeah. Play on. Okay, the two hands went in there. It's like, didn't even give a foul. I know. And no, it's, it's mental. Like, it, it really is. And uh, I, I think as well with Tony Watt, when he gets fouled, like, the, I've said it before when he's been a United player, and I certainly said it when he was not a United player. He, he flirts, we, it was a foul, it was not a foul. Like, he has definitely simulated contact on a number of occasions. And I just wonder if it's the boy that grad Wolf. I'm just thinking the refs are wise to it. They, and they just didn't give him the benefit of the doubt when he does get wiped out. Mm. A lot of the time. Unless it's absolutely blatantly obvious. Uh, he just doesn't get that benefit of the doubt. Ten minutes after his introduction then. Mm-hmm. Um, Declan Glass swung over a free kick. Uh, corner, sorry. Mm-hmm. Ross Doherty got onto it. And there's only one man sticking his head on that in the middle of the six-yard box. Yep, he's invariably in the right place at the right time, isn't he? He's uh, he, that's what he does best. Like he's he scores goals. Like uh, as the, I mean, obviously the same goes off the training ground and whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think you can look at. I think you, you know, Wraith Rovers will look at that goal and think it's a poor goal to lose as well. Given he's he's only about four yards, at three header waist height. Ah, yeah, of course, and like we would do the same probably. Uh, well, we're already doing that for our goal. <laughs> oh, of course, of course. Like you could pick holes in every goal conceded, but for your point of view, if if that was what was intended, like the bat the front post to flick on and for for Louis Moult to run on, then it worked to perfection. Yeah, uh, and absolutely merited at that point as well. Oh, of course, of course, yeah, definitely. Uh, the, the one annoyance with the goal, no, no, that you can ever be annoyed about your team scoring, but Chris Mochrey was about to come on. Mm-hmm. Probably for Declan Glass, yep. and I was fully on board with that because yep. Declan, he was quiet yesterday. He had a, he had maybe three or four really good things that he done, but in general, he, he wasn't he wasn't putting his mark on the game. I didn't think as the way that he can and the way that we would need him to. Uh, and that goal, as soon as it happened, like I, I noticed Mochrie was coming on, and Goodwin changed it. He was like, "Right, you put your track your tap back on you. Come on." Yeah. And for some reason. And I was absolutely raging at the time. I do not know why he turned it to Tilson. I, I just didn't get that at all. So, as that's, we'd noticed that as well that Mockery was coming on. Mm-hmm. But I'll just tell you the the because we're standing in the stand. Let's not say we're sitting in the stand because we were in the stand. We're obviously managers. Mm-hmm. 
we were changing, and I'm putting a we on there because I'm pulling Martin into this decision. We is, we were, we were bringing on uh, Mockray and Tilson because okay. we were tatting off Declan Glass Sibbled. and Craig Sibbled. Yeah, Sibbled. He didn't have his because until game. the goal. Mm-hmm. It was after that I think Sybil came into a game. Yeah. I don't know if that's because I might get hooked here, Ken. But up until there, I was um yeah, again, I just and I think this is the thing that when we're gonna have an off day, mm-hmm. right? Five or six, seven or eight are gonna be off it, right? Yeah. But there's been a couple of games when just one or two are off it. I'd say a right side were off it yesterday. I thought Fallenham and Grimshaw were off it. Mm-hmm. But I would certainly say that Sibbled was off it, but because of the work Ross Dockery did, it maybe wasn't as... It wasn't as... No, it didn't stand out as much. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Whereas the two of them had been off it then. But I, but I thought after the goal, I thought Sibbled really grew into the game. I thought he got on the ball a hell of a lot more mm-hmm. and stuff. But that, that was what we were. Because we were the gaffers, right? So that's what we were changing. There's 3,000 gaffers at the game. And then did notice he was like, right, you're going to sit back down. Yeah. As it yeah. was. And obviously we had an enforced third change that had to happen in the end but um, yeah and I think Tilson might have come on how long after the goal would it have been I think it was almost a, a minute two minutes or something was that as soon as that it, he scored in 67 uh, might have been actually you might be right it, it just, but anyway it wasn't for you it wasn't for me in the slightest no and nothing that he'd done when he came on made me think that was a good decision uh, I was just frustrated because like we were the team in the ascendancy the swap for me was glass for Mochre. And it's almost like for like. To bring on Tilson for glass, that's that's miles away from being like for like. Tilson's a boy that'll get in and mark tackles and whatever. I, th- I felt like we were the team on top at that point. Like we could have done with somebody, fresh pair of legs, getting the bar, running at boys and picking passes. It was Tils- a few. It was Tilson's a few minutes. Not that guy. It wasn't, a, it wasn't a too far after that. Yeah, it Tilson, was a few minutes. Tilson's not that guy. We... Tilson to me, when we signed him, is either a replacement for Sybil or Doherty. He's no replacement for Glass. I wonder if I wonder if the thinking, and he, he's no alluded to this in his press or anything. I wonder if the thinking was um, to go for um, to go a proper four three three. You know, whereas he's he's basically got Tony Watt and and Middleton playing. Sort of wide, but they were coming in and going out wide, if you know what I mean. Yeah. You've got um Molt through the middle. So then instead of having like a ten, because there's no need for a double ten, he's maybe yeah, went for th- a three in midfield, possibly. A, a triple I don't six. Uh, possibly, yeah. A I triple see, yeah. six, there we go. Yeah. Wait till we check the XG yeah. ratings and box entries and should have went for it. Cordon I think that unbalanced us, personally. Well, I would uh, say I would say given the two point blank range chances that we had, we still had chances, <laughs> but then they had loads more chances after <laughs> when he come on. <clears throat> I'm telling you, they, ha- they had nothing until he came on second half. Nothing on goal. They nothing. had nothing before he came on, and then we were just a wee bit out of the place again. I thought it was a bit basketballish end to end. Well, we certainly had a few chances. Um, Middleton in particular. Well, Middleton's free kick leads to the goal. Mm. That's where the corner comes from. Yep. So. I kind of mind what happened for the decision, right? So this is one of the moments when I think I was already raging at the referee. We win a free kick, mm-hmm. but I've no idea what it was for. And I was still raging at the referee because I didn't think he booked MD. And then he might have booked MD. And can we just say that we meltdown for 20 seconds? That's what I was hearing. And then I just sat match. back and I went, hey, Middleton's free kick. I think we might score here. And although the, mark, the keeper marks a good say because of where he puts it, it probably wasn't quite in the corner, but 
it was something I got up he, again. He hit the target. Like, exactly. The and target. then obviously fair that we then scored the goal. Yeah, yeah. And I think when you touched on it earlier where Tony Watt, he, he'd done well when he fell on his mm. ass and he still come away with the ball. He's he's crossed it and I think that's the point blank. Mol- is that Mole or Middleton? No, I think that's Middleton. Mole has in as well. Yeah, that, I think that's Middleton's point blank range shot yeah. uh, that the keeper's done. And, I, I, I re- and again, this is the these are the conversations we had near the start of the season when we were picking teams and stuff. And you were, you know, you were saying I take him over him and this and that. Mm-hmm. I really liked that three yesterday. But what wide left, middle on the right. Now, Martin made a point yesterday. Um, after he robbed the shop a hot dog, but he made the point yesterday that uh, Middleton had done better on the right-hand side. Now, Middleton always played on the right for us, but obviously Goodwin said, nah, wait, he's left far, I'm putting the left, I want to beat his man get across in. We've seen Beth. But I think maybe yesterday as well, because, again, the circumstances, you know, when the change happened, you know, we were still behind, it gave a bit of spark. I, I really like the three. I think the big thing is there is obviously, we've always said when Watts played as a 10, you've not got the backup if somebody goes up, but even if he's played wide left. But I like that three. I mean, I'm not saying play against Peter Hayd, obviously, but I, I did like that. But I think you need a glass, a mockery, somebody in behind. Yeah, and and we didn't hear that for the last 15, 20 minutes of the game. Mm. And, and I thought that was noticeable, albeit we did still create chances. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we gave a lot more chances up, I thought. Yeah. And it'd been interesting to see what change would have been made had Declan Gallagher no went off injured. Yeah, yeah. But then you've you've got kind of like for like there. Uh, the, like, again, people say, ah, two left-footed players and centre-half. No, but I'm saying, does Sybil then come off and Mockery does come on? I don't know. Maybe. That's what I'm saying. Maybe. But well, I, I just don't understand why it was, why Tilson came on when he did. Mm. We we were the we we had Mister the Bar. If anybody looked like going to win the game, it was us. And you, and then you go and put on like a defensive midfielder for your one. Cre- well, no, your one. We've got middle, and you've got what you could argue are creative, but you've got Declan Glass, who is specifically in that team to open doors and pick locks and start moves and play good through bars. Till Tilson doesn't attack in any of the boxes. Mm. I just didn't understand that that change at all. Uh, and almost the last kick of the game, uh, Glenn Middleton. Middleton again, yeah. I thought the keeper done well. He did, he's, a, he's a decent keeper. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is a decent keeper and it goes to what we've said previously, like they they are a good side and they have a good squad for that level. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was, I think, I think when you come to the end of the game, a draw probably was a fair result, uh, albeit it's, I feel like if we had a if we had a made certain subbies and different subbies we we maybe could have won. Uh but I suppose you can't be you can't be too down that you go to the team that's nearest you. A massive game for them, big game for us obviously as well. Uh and they'll they'll be thinking that this morning that they played really well. I don't think we played that great and they we still remain unbeaten. Uh, results elsewhere, Airdrie, Onions 1, Air 2, Inverness, Partick 0-0, Queen's Park, Morton 0-0 and Dufferman, Arbroath was off, which means the table uh, leaves us top. Uh, eight games played with 18 points, Wraith on uh, 17, Partick 14, Arbroath 12, Airdrie 12, uh, Dufferman have played a game less, 11, Queen's Park have played a game more with 10 and then Air on 9, Inverness on 5, Morton on 5. So, albeit we didn't get the win... It was just the disappointment was probably we couldn't pull away, 
But when you look already, there's a you know four point gap between us and Partick, which makes a fortnight massive. Mm-hmm. But we haven't lost any ground as well. Yeah, no, um, and if you remember when we first started doing this podcast, it was the last time we were in the championship, and that happened quite a lot when we went on the that sticky away run when we lost to Alloa, we lost to Air, we lost to Queen of the South. Like, Shudder. I, I know, but but results went for us the week, so we were still top of the league. Uh, and again, yesterday we we've no no that we've shot and we're in bed like we've still got a point but other results definitely went for us as well there was no ground lost or gained I suppose absolutely did you have a kebab pie yesterday? I did yeah yeah and I'll, I'll talk about it in the good the bad and the ugly but it was oh. uh, it was oh. delicious oh it was delicious oh yeah. and a scotch pie did you have one? no a scotch pie it wasn't great I'm still suffering now put it that way so, uh, do you want to do Man of the Match now or do you want to hear what we've got to say from uh, a couple of voicemails? Man of the Match for me was Middleton yesterday. Uh, I thought he was our best player in the second half. I didn't think anybody was particularly great in the first half. So that's how I have come to that conclusion. Okay. It's the Kirky Jack here. Just back from the game. Very much a proverbial, proverbial game of two halves, I thought, today. Um, they had a game plan and were up for it. We didn't and weren't. Shocking goal to lose, wide open down our left, nobody covering Vaughn in the middle. What was worse though was to see the wee prick celebrating in front of the shed. Not happy with that. Order time wasting, but she even started just after their goal in the first half. Now this kind of shithouse that seems to be becoming more and more common these days. And the referee did hee-haw about it. Second half was better, more direct, and who else but Lee Moult to bail us out. Middleton could have, should have won us the game late on, but by full time, none of the rivals had pitched, had managed to win, so our position is still we're top of the league, and I guess we can't complain about that. I've gone, I'm going to finish off with the good, the bad and the ugly. The good, I thought the shed support was terrific as always, and Louis Moult getting us the goal. The bad, why do we always play out from the back, from the goalie across the back line and back and back? We got cut out a number of times today, and that's going to cost us. Um, and ugly, well, I think I've seen Eunice in shorts in deepest fife in freezing cold, wet, damp weather. Anyway, well done to Paul and Ronnie. Keep going and uh, see you soon. <laughs> Kirky Jack, top man. He was the man. You you might not remember, but he put us in touch with, with Ricky Ross. Indeed. Back in the day. Good pal. He is, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's hard to disagree. I mean, I've seen Eunice's legs and... I mean, I think he skips leg day. What can I say? <laughs> I hope you're up your pass because you said that. <laughs> Hello, Abdi. I tried to catch Paul's eye today at the match, but I only saw Sean as I. I was at New Order this week. It was bra. And it's going to be a joy when we get out of this division. That was a hard watch today. Fucking difficult conditions. But I think we did well to get a point back against tough opposition. So onwards and upwards. Come on, United. Have a great week, Abdi. <laughs> the joy and the division. Genius. It's uh, Genius for Big G. Uh, <laughs> honestly. Tumbleweed. I never Both seen him. I never, I never saw him. But, but then, Christ, I was looking right at you, judging by the 40 that you took of me. True. And I didn't see you either. I couldn't have seen Brian Harvey in the stand yesterday. Brian Harvey sitting right next to me. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> sitting right next to me. Stay another day, indeed. <laughs> so it's um, thank you very much to everyone who does drop by and uh, leave us a voicemail. Dorfoxpodcast dot com. So Glenn Middleton, Paul's man of the match. So let's get you rounding up with the good, bad, and ugly. The good is once again, despite no playing great, we've managed to keep our unbeaten start to the league campaign going. It was far from pretty, but we still managed to get a point. The bad. On the way through to the game, Rondo, I was saying to Leo, they've got Kebab Pez the day. He was like, oh, because he's he's took a wee shine to Kebab Pez recently, for whatever reason. So I must have asked him about a hundred times. And he's like, nah, I'm not going to trust him. I'm not hearing the day. I was like, you sure? Yeah, yeah. So I get to the counter, we're, we're about first in the ground actually, standing right at the, the front of the queue. And I'm like, buddy, are you sure you're not? Nope, no what? And I was like, right, cool. Do kebab pies, please. And a couple of cokes and whatever. And then he, he claps his on it and he's like, oh, it does look pretty good actually, huh? So he touched it, I was like, right, okay. Like, it's my son, I can't, I can't deny him. A I bite, can't. a bite. Oh well. So he tucks a bite and his eyes light up. I was like, you are the weirdest arsehole in Kirkcaldy right now. So he's granted him a pet. So I was still, oh. still a hungry man oh. after only hearing the one kebab pet. But oh. the, the pie itself, Rondo, was delicious. And the ugly this week was the weather. Absolutely boofing. And that prick Dylan Easton. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Head up next. We're back on SPFL Cup Duty, whatever it's called, Trust Trophy or whatever the hell it's called. Uh, we'll hear more about it in the loan report, but they beat 4 for 3 1 yesterday. They've now won five in a row. We beat them 3 0 back in July in the League Cup group stage. Mole and a Kevin Hope double, uh, both of which, of course, from the penalty spot. I think next week already we may see some changes. Um, I would certainly be playing Kieran Freeman. I think I'd be playing Ross Graham. I'd probably be playing Ollie Denham. And I would just change it up a little bit. I know they're on a decent run of form there. But given, you know, I wouldn't be putting Louis Moult out. Um, I'd get Chris Mockery playing. I would put Grimshaw maybe even in midfield. So I don't know. I, I I'll certainly not be going, put it that way. No, no, I, I, I won't be there. I mean, I, I would have contemplated it if it hadn't have been on TV. It's on Alba Live, isn't it? Yep, so half five. half five kickoff. So I'm not going to bother Mars. <laughs> like we we spoke about it before. We played. I can't even mind the last one. Dunfermline, and I, I've not changed my position. I wouldn't be playing the strongest eleven that we've got. But Goodwin almost did play the strongest eleven that yeah. we've got. Uh, and I think that he might do that again for for whatever reason I get he wants to win every game so do I but I don't want to win every game at the cost of boys getting injured uh, in that tournament because it's it's small fish let's just be honest mm. like, not really first uh, but I think he'll, he'll go as strong as we can Louis Moult he might think he needs a game because he's no harder for he only trained on Friday it's his first day of training yeah but like he, he came off early in the Inverness game he missed last week he only got half an hour yesterday he's no so you could argue he needs 90 minutes yeah whether or no he gets the 90 minutes against Peter Head I don't know Declan Gallagher I would I would imagine will miss out like if there's any yeah. doubt about his groin uh, then you just go with Ross Graham and I think it was I think we all, we rested Kevin Holt last round didn't we so yeah if, if he was to go 
Denham and Graham at the back, again, I, I wouldn't be against that. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be against major changes. Give Sheep a game for Grimshaw. Chris uh, Mockery a game. Definitely give Mockery a game, yeah. Because if, if the gaffer's looking and thinking, well, maybe I'd rather get 90 minutes in, in Louis Moult's legs. Well, get 90 minutes in a few of their legs. Mm-hmm. Give them a run out. Give them yeah. something to to look forward to this week. Yeah, a game yeah. at the end of the week rather than sitting on the bench. Huss said as well, it, it, it could come too soon for... Uh, Mikasin and Kujo depending on how this week goes yeah. and again but it's a game you would have said get them on well for, I, you know what I mean I probably would have played Kujo because he's not played for a couple of weeks yeah uh, for the, the Morton game so yeah it'll be interesting to see but I, I wouldn't have be surprised if he goes with a pretty strong 11 mm. right what else has been happening across uh, our loanees as such Right, the loan report. We're going to start with Miller Thompson at Montrose. After last week's omission due to injury, Miller was back in the starting lineup as Aloha visited the Sean Dillon Arena up in Montrose. He'd play another important role as he got 63 minutes of the match. When Miller went off, the score was one all. But thanks to a 91st minute winner, the mighty Mo took all three points to remain in third place. Leighton Bisland at Falkirk. Another wasted Saturday afternoon or evening for Leighton as he sat on the bench for the whole match of the boring nil-nil between tabletoppers Falkirk and Hamilton. Rory McLeod at Forfar. Well, he started the game on the right-hand side and he played for 81 minutes before again being replaced by Darren Watson. Peterhead won 3-1 on the day. Logan Chalmers at Air United. To the surprise of no one, Logan again started his side's away game in Airdrie and also grabbed a goal in the 21st minute. With him on one wing and veteran Jamie Murphy on the other wing, the pair caused Airdrie problems all day. Air would win the match 2-1 and Logan played the full 90 minutes, although he was subbed off in injury time. Lewis O'Donnell at Kelty Lewis would retain his usual place in the Kelty starting lineup as the Fifers travelled over the Firth of Fourth to face Edinburgh. It would also be an eventful afternoon for the United youngster as he'd set up a goal in the 32nd minute, pick up a booking in the 53rd minute and then be subbed off in the 79th minute. When he was on the park though, he was once again very good. Kelty would win the match 4-1. Brian Mwangi at Spartans. There was no sign of Brian Mwangi as the Spartans headed for Stranraer away on Saturday. His lone side would win a seven-goal thriller 4-3, but Brian has yet to make his debut for them. The academy team. On the back of last week's draw against Motherwell, the academy lads welcomed St Mirren's young team to Gussie this past Friday. They would do all right to a point and score three goals, but they still come out losing the match 4-3. The women's team. United headed to Kilmarnock last week for a Sky Sports Cup match against a side that they should have been beaten fairly comfortably. And that is exactly what they did. They'd run out 3-0 winners on the day with goals from Robin Smith and a double from the skipper and player of the month, Rachel Todd. The reward for dumping Kelly out was another away trip, this time to Hibs. Today, as we are recording this, the team are at home to Aberdeen. It's a game that they'll be looking to get something from and if truth be told, these are the games where they really need to be picking up points. Last season's two home games against the Lady Sheep were both close affairs, with United being the better team, but somehow finding ways to lose both matches. We're hoping for better today. Mon United. Right then, our A to Z hmm. has been an interesting couple of weeks. Uh, last week you decided to change the, game, the goalposts. And no, me. No, me. You did. 
You've ruined it. You've ruined the whole thing. And I think it was the right thing to do. You, you gubbed the whole alphabet. Because we were being putting Chris Innes in her team last well, week. Well, if that's the no, way it is, no. that's the way it is. I'm not hearing it. It's no. Not, he's not in the team. He's in the squad, the 26 man <laughs> squad. Okay. <laughs> so, anyway, Jim Irvin took I. Um, some people were asking why we didn't have Alan Irvin in. We did. <laughs> yeah, but there was two Alan Irvins. Uh, I know. One yes. of them, the log. He was uh, he was stinking. Yeah. He was stinking. And he played for Liverpool as well, I believe. That kind of Mental. log was he. So, do you want to kick us off on J? I'll kick you off. I'll give you my two. With a with a, a dishonourable mention oh, as well. I know who this is going to be. Well, I'll, I'll leave that for you then. You'll probably do a wee bit better. But I've got two. Well, I'll, you can... Lee Jenkinson's one of mine. Well... He okay. was shite. No, he, he was not the best. Go on, what was your other end? Clearly. Clearly <laughs> a goalie. On. A goalie, yes. Anyway, the two that we've picked. So Graham Sunis was a great big, dirty, permed-haired, mustachioed, horrible bastard of a player. And in a World Cup qualifier in 1985, his horror challenge resulted in this man suffering a broken leg. He'd recover from that, albeit it took a while, and then he'd have to retire from football in 1992 due to a back injury. Again, like an Icelandic Lazarus, he'd get back playing. He'd play a couple of seasons in Iceland before heading over to Sweden for a stint at Orebro. Tommy McLean would then sign him for £75,000 in 1997. I think it's fair to say that he was one of the most technically gifted players to ever have played for United. Siggy Jonsson was that man, and he'd play 51 times for the club, scoring one goal. Incidentally, the one goal that he scored for United was against Motherwell at Tannadice, and in that game, podcast pal Lee McCulloch would be sent off for a foul on Ur Siggy. What do you think Lee McCulloch got sent off for Rondo? I imagine he elbowed him in the bus. Lee McCulloch elbowed Siggy Jonsson in the bus. Siggy would win 65 caps for Iceland with 11 of these coming when he was at Tannadice. Siggy was a great player, Rondo. He was. You want a second player? Indeed. It's Darren Jackson. 110 games, 37 goals. Mm-hmm. Jim McLean brought the Scotland under-21 player to Tannadice in December of 88 for a fee of £200,000. And he went straight into the team for the visit of Celtic two days later. I was at the game. And just four minutes into the game, Darren Jackson broke his ankle. An injury that would keep him out for the rest of the season. After recovering, he was back in the side by July 1989 and became a regular in the lineup over the next three years. He was top scorer in the 1990-91 season with 18 goals, collected a runners-up medal in the Scottish Cup final that year against Motherwell, the match that saw Darren score a late equaliser to take the game into extra time, and then he received a red card after the match, which we've spoke about loads of times, when he protested the referee for the controversial winning goal. The following season, the striker fell out of favour with the manager, and he fell out with the manager, Hosna, and was made available for transfer in October 91. The striker fought his way back into the first team, although began playing deeper to accommodate the emerging big dunk, and in July 1992, he moved to Hibs for a fee later set by a tribunal at 400000 So my picks the day Rondo are Siggy Jonsson, who I would like to see win it, and Darren Jackson, who was also pretty good. Fine, I'll, I'll take them. Uh, I also had Siggy Johnson mm-hmm. and I had Darren Jackson. Uh, one of the main reasons I had Darren Jackson is because I had the Darren Jackson t-shirt 
No, and dances like Waco Jacko. Waco Jacko. And I had right, a, I like, a caricature of yeah. him on it. And I obviously tried to Google it and try and find a picture, but I couldn't find no, it. No, because they had that one and they had Freddy, mm-hmm. Nightmare on Tanner Day yeah, Street, and yeah, Alan Main. Yeah. Had, and I've got the Alan Main one in my loft somewhere. Of course you I've do. Got, I think I might even have Alan Main in my loft, but we'll keep that with me and you, Rondo. So. I had a two. I had a. I had a bit of an honourable mention for Grant Johnson, purely because I always remember him playing mm. every week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't mean he was brilliant, but every week. Mm-hmm. But my dishonourable mention <laughs> is a man who cost one hundred and eighty thousand pounds. He was rank rotten, and I spent last season watching an absolute. Oh, competition winner on the goal. This felt bad. We were on the back of winning the Scottish Cup for the first time. For the first day of the season, we headed through Easter Road in hope and expectation of what we'd watched. We got absolutely pumped for nothing. He played about three, twice more, maybe three times. Who actually cares? Henrik Jorgensen was absolutely pish. <laughs> so Siggy on to Dan Jackson, right? That's what we're doing. <laughs> but you had to get that off. You're just Rondo. I'm glad that you did. I'm glad you did. <laughs> Unbelievable how that was. Right. Mentioned at the top, I mentioned it last week as well, that our over 50s walking football team were in action last Sunday, but they could have won the league, the championship, the trophy. They were in the East Region Championship League. And yes, they did lift the Championship Trophy. They took on Wraith Rovers as well. They beat them 2-1. They played Lunkerty, also beat them 2-1. Saints in the community decided not to show up. So we were awarded a 3-0 victory for that one. It gave us a small advantage uh, as the other teams in contention for the title had to play them as well, so everyone was kind of gaining points there. In the fourth game of the day, we were looking to win the game to complete a season unbeaten as we faced Carnoustie. It was a tight game. We weren't getting the chances due to the close uh, due to the close marking from the uh, Carnoustie defence, and we actually got beat two 0 Oh, the unbeaten season up in smoke. It was. That's devastating. We absolutely got beat. 2-0 uh, all that was left to do on the back of that was to collect the cup and the medals fate X Wii team player Stephen Tweed no less Honking. but it was the inaugural East Region Walking Football League Championship that is a mouthful by the way uh, but massive shout well done to the guys John, Derek, Mark Andy, Scott Jimmy, Charlie Neil, Gary and Steve who sends us it every week the way the over 50s uh, East Championship uh Table looks, Paul, it's pretty good reading that, isn't it? I'll accept that this season in the actual championship. So the uh, United were top 41 points, 13 wins, 2 draws and 1 defeat. Wraith Rovers were second, 34 points. Lunkerty and Carnoustie Pam, you're on 32. Montrose 16, Saints Community 15. The Wee team had 10. Tayport Yellow had 10 and Highland United got 8 points. So a very, very well done to all the guys taking part in the uh, walking football this season. And you were telling me, Paul, they now get about four or five months off. 
They do. I think they've got one more tournament uh, in a couple of weeks, and then they're off until March. I think that's when their season starts again. Yeah. So fair play to them. Like they they set out to win the league. Job done. And they get to look doing and how we laugh at the wee team. Yes. Uh, so the final game that Paul just mentioned there is one round of over six days games left to play at the Orium in Edinburgh on the second of November. Once these games have been played, the schedule games are complete unless they can qualify for the Champions League. So all the very best of luck to them. And three, four weeks time, I think that still might have been. Uh, but yeah, well done to all the guys there. Uh, on this day, in association with the Arab Archive, preserving the history of Dundee United Football Club since 2006, uh, 9th October's a focus. Some games to tell you about. I'll tell you a couple of results first, Paul, you might remember some of these games. 1937, mm. we beat Dunfermline 4 2 in Division 2. In 1943, we beat Falkirk 7 1, and it was a 2 1 away win versus Morton in 1971. But the game we're going to look at today, it was the League Cup third round at Tanadice 2001. Opponents in Johnston were under the new stewardship of Billy Stark. It was always going to be difficult and hard-fought cup tie, and that's exactly how it proved to be. Jim Hamlin's equaliser of the death when his half-hit shot deceived goalkeeper Cuthbert kept United's interest in the competition. That cancelled out the lead, giving the Perth men 10 minutes from the break uh, when Darren Dodds claimed the credit for steering a header, which appeared to come off a United defender. Paul Hartley had earlier, who actually made a habit of scoring against United. Yeah, he did, he's a prick. But since apparently he rejected a move to Tanadice. That's did new he? for me, I didn't know did that. Did he, or did we reject him? I don't know, I didn't know that. They're shite beard anyway. But anyway, so he scored, um, and we were basically 200, but it was cancelled out. Stephen Thompson rose to score, superb header from a David Partridge cross. Then Jim Hamilton was the saviour, was last minute strike, but he, the substitute himself, supplied the cross for Jim Patterson, who had also came off the bench, and he headed the decisive goal seven minutes into extra time as United progressed to the fourth round. The footage of this is on the Arab Archive, Fatalities, and it's a pretty bonkers game. Okay. For what it was last night. Yeah. Signings today, one of them. Paul Sturrock made this man his second signing for £400,000. Made his debut as a substitute in a league defeat to Kilmarnock at Tanadice. Thereafter, he was rarely out of the side. He was known for his ability in the air. He surprisingly only scored tw uh, twice for United. It was away matches against Motherwell and Rangers. He was appointed club captain. He continued to be an important part of the team throughout his three years at Tanadice. Although his trips abroad and international duties sometimes left United without one of their better players. In total, he made 111 appearances for United. On this day in 1998, we signed Jason DeVos. I like the big guy. Very good player. He was a good player. He was uh, first and foremost a defender, mm -hmm. which is something that is sadly dying in the game because <laughs> people want goalkeepers to be playmakers and in these days. Uh, and the D's hate him because the D's always blame him for the Caballero injury. And it wasn't a big divorce. It was the young boy. Forget his name. Kevin something. McDonald. Kevin McDonald, was it? Yeah. Uh, it was him that put Caballero up into orbit. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah. Big fan of Jason DeVos when he was here. Good player. Yeah. Mind the seeing him walking up the Hilton. I kid you not. Running after no, the Hilton. No, no, he was just walking up the Hilton. Oh. I'm assuming he was lost. <laughs> <laughs> Why would he be walking up the Hilton? But I, I can 
vividly remember that picture in my mind yeah good player good player yeah I liked him yeah really really good player uh, and that was of course at the time you could sign players anytime you liked of, of course would I. you have that back uh, well I know why it was brought in it was brought in to stop the bigger teams just snapping up anybody that did a good game against them uh, but they've made such a mockery of the transfer basically I don't think teams would want it back and certainly the media wouldn't because the transfer window they kick the arse out of that now they've got countdown clocks they've got arseholes going into studios wearing yellow tears on the last day your boys getting hit with dildos it's just, well that used to happen that, that was the best part of the transfer <laughs> window uh, but they've done away with that nonsense now no that's mine <laughs> so nah probably no but I, I just I hate the fact that it, that it's become what it's become like it's just an absolute nonsense mm. still yellow in it yellow ties dresses whatever they all just they're all sort of the same bollocks like just why does Abdi leave it to the last day anyway it just makes no sense none of it makes any sense we what a shite we don't know wait we uh, don't uh, well we didn't no, we, <laughs> but we done our business the way it should be done uh, talking of a load of nonsense we're off on the SPFL Trust Trophy next weekend up to Peterhead. How do you think we're, you will get on? We're at Dodd Fox Podcast on social media. Do check out the website. Leave us a voicemail as well. If you would like dodfoxpodcast.com, do have a great week. Stay safe and don't forget to wash your hands and your arsehole. <laughs> <laughs>